Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, y'all, to another episode of Eating While Broke. I'm your host, Colleen Witt, and today we have special guest Shante Lundy in the building, founder and owner of Black Girl Sunscreen. What do you have us eating today? Well, hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. All right. So I'm going to um, prepare for you all, mm-hmm. or you, mm-hmm. my favorite dish of all time. Favorite dish. Favorite dish of all time. Um, hot dogs and beans, mm-hmm. or to some... Beanies and weenies, mm-hmm. and to others, Franks and beans. Franks and beans. So it can be called three things, mm-hmm. one of three things to many different people. And it's your favorite dish, like to date, all the food you've had. Yeah, because I'm I'm not a cooker, and this is something that <laughs> uh, is I can easily prepare. Uh, it's affordable, mm-hmm. and it tastes yummy. And it tastes yummy. Yeah. So I'm curious, when was the last time you ate this dish? Um, about a month and a half ago. Okay, okay. Yeah. Was it like a middle of the night or you were like, I'm craving it? No, it was straight up dinner. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, nice. straight up dinner. Um, I, I work a lot, long hours, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't feel like, you know, spending money on delivery. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I had in the fridge. Yeah. And you can't go wrong with beans. No, Non-perishable in, in, the, in the cabinet. You know, I, I used to live in South Florida. Mm-hmm. So, um we would have to prepare for hurricane season. Mm-hmm. So, like, beans is, is an essential. Wow. So, I always have beans in the house. But you're originally from New York. Yep. And then you lived in Florida, and yep. now you live in L.A. That's right. California. Quite a journey, right? Yeah. You, you're a mover and a shaker. A risk taker. A risk taker. That's how I see those moves. Yeah, yeah. You're a visionary, too. I like to consider myself as one. Yeah, that's amazing. So, while you prepare this dish, I got to know how you go from... 
how you get to building black girls on the screen. Uh, this wasn't your first venture, was it, as an entrepreneur? It was. It was? It was. What? Um, leaving upstate New York right after college to South Florida, pursuing my um, graduate degree in business mm -hmm. and um, being in the corporate space for 12 to 13 years. Wow transitioning out and then saying, you know what, I must continue on my life journey. And that meant coming to Los Angeles because that's always been part of the plan. Um, while I got here, it was it was interesting because you can drive down the street, whatever, two, three o'clock and see people having coffee, tea, eating. You're just kind of like, what do they do? Yeah. Why, I just why are they not how, at work? How, how do they do what, what they do and live in these houses? <laughs> <laughs> Right. There's many different reasons yeah. and many different things. So it's kind of like, all right. So while I transitioned out of the corporate space, I had time on my hands because I moved here with no job, no place to live. I just literally got into my two door infinity with my my English bulldog and, and I drove to Los Angeles and I said, I'm going to find whatever I'm going to do when I get there. And I got here, stayed with a friend for legit two weeks because that's the timeline I gave myself. Mm -hmm. Found an apartment and started hiking and doing lots of yoga and um, really appreciating the time that I had to myself because I'm coming from like a really structured, yeah. you know, just time, right? Like most people are starting school at the age of five. Mm -hmm. Then you go to 12th grade. Some people go to college and some people don't. I chose to go to college, right? Mm -hmm. Another four years. Then I did my graduate program. Two years, right? So we're on like, whatever, 18 years of school, yeah. right? Then I worked in corporate for 12 years. So waking up at six o'clock in the morning and going till four or five, mm -hmm. I was also in extracurriculum activities mm -hmm. such as whatever, cheerleading track. Mm -hmm. I played the violin. My first job was, um, I, was a, uh, I did a paper route. I was at 15 years old. Okay. And I had to get a paper route because I wanted my own things. So in the 80s and the 90s, I'm aging myself here. Mm -hmm. um, one of the cool things was to have your own phone, right? In, oh, in your bedroom, yeah. in your bedroom, that is. Okay. Not a cell phone, uh, like a, a phone that yeah, was like connected to the wall, uh -huh. right? With a caller ID. Yeah. But in order for me to get that that phone, I had to work for it, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't attached to my, my family's phone line. Like I had my own phone number as a teenage girl. Oh, that's a big deal. A huge deal. So were they like answering, you know, back in the day, they would just, you know, everyone would answer the phone, hello, hello, hello. And you'd be like, mom, I got it. Was yep. it like one of those? And 100%. you were like, I'm done with this. I'm done with it. And then your parents were like, get, you know, if you want a phone, you better get You got to get a job, whether it's babysitting. Wow. Yeah. But I was always um, one to be like independent, if okay. you will. Okay. So first job, uh, age of 15. And I'm going to circle back to how we got to Black Girl Century mm -hmm. because all of these things that I'm sharing with you is part of the journey. Okay. Right? So, first of all, having a job at the age of 15 is a huge sacrifice, especially as a, as a teenager. Yeah. And if your job starts at 3 o'clock in the morning, that means you can't have sleepovers. No. Like, that's important for teenagers, yeah. especially teenage girls. But it also sounds like you were very popular because you, you needed this phone. So, you were popular giving up your, right? I don't know. How do you define popular? Well, did you have a bunch of friends? No. I, like... A few friends, but I was on cheerleading. I don't know. Popular is you weird. You're a cheerleader. That's weird. Like okay, that term, okay. popular is weird. But you did sacrifice. Yes. Yes. I did sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I did sacrifice, like not being able to mm -hmm. go to those parties, not being able to mm -hmm. sleep over, and um, having to like roll up papers in the rain and wow. deliver them. And then also, like, how do you get subscriptions? To how do you get new customers? So that's where the salesmanship came in. And that's how I learned. So anyway, fast forward to. 
being in um, Los Angeles, um, I said, you know what? I'm going to take this time because I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything I wanted to do. And, but the, at this point, you quit corporate America. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what is your thought process when you're deciding to quit? Because it sounds like you're a clean slate. You moved to L.A., clean slate. Yeah. So what is the triggering moment where you're like, I, I want to break? Uh, I felt like I've done everything I needed to do in Miami. Okay. I wanted to change the pace. Okay. Different scenery. It was time to go. I finished what I was doing. And maybe I shouldn't even have stayed that long, right? Because I went to Miami to, to do my master's and I found a job. Okay. So it was just like, okay, like continue on the path. Mm-hmm. Like I still don't think that Los Angeles is a final stop for me. Oh, okay. Okay, the story's going to get I'm open. Really, I'm just, I'm just open. Yeah, yeah. I'm just open to, to always expanding and building and trying new things. But now when you're moving to L.A., you're yep. leaving stability at this point. Says who? Well, I'm I'm curious. You're leaving oh. stability, right? Um, I don't know if I'd be leaving it. It's, it was just like a, a a piece, like a like a like a stopping point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can always come back. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I go to New York very often. I go to South Florida, Miami, very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think I'm leaving anything behind. It was just kind of like a touch point. Yeah. Yeah. I made my mark, penetrated the market. You know, cultivated great relationships mm-hmm. and built Black Girl Sunscreen here. So now what if we have a, a, a team in Texas Yeah, or a team anywhere in, in the country? Yeah. That's how I see that. Yeah. Well, let's start trying to whip up some of this dish. Okay. And I'm, I'm imagining this dish only takes like five minutes. You're just heating it or what? How do you do this? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we have our boiling water. It's not boiling. So let's turn this on. So I'm a non-cooker and that's why this is one of my favorite dishes, A, because I, <laughs> I don't cook, right? And it's just something really easy. Yes. All right. So oh, we have- yeah. And watch out because it gets hot. Yeah, fast. I see it. So we got um, two pots. One of um, that will be boiling water pots. and then the other one where we're going to put the, the beans. So- okay. um, Early 80s, 90s, they did, we did not have, like, the flip, right? Mm-hmm. So that's good that it's just kind of like a regular, like, can. Mm-hmm. Just pop that open there. Okay. A lot of juice, but we'll make do. So I'm just going to pour the beans mm-hmm. in the pot. Yeah, I can for you. Okay. I think this dish was less than... $10. It, it was definitely less than that. Yeah. I, think, I don't want to say it was less than $4. Uh... Depending and on I what was type being, of hot dogs you bought? Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, depending on my hot dogs, like I could have really came up. If I went to the dollar store, this would have been a $2 meal. So while those heat up, um, and I'll keep, I'll help keep a close eye, and the water has to boil before you put the hot dogs in. Some Correct. People, some people put the hot dog in the water while it boils. I would literally watch my husband boil spaghetti, and he put the spaghetti in the water before the water boiled, and I was completely <laughs> confused. I've never seen that done. Uh, yeah. Needless to say, it came out as spaghetti, but I would never authorize that, so now I ask. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been eating this meal since um, I can remember as, as a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, being from upstate New York, Newburgh, mm-hmm. um, is a place where y- you must leave if you have any aspiration of being anything. Yeah. You know, I grew up in the early 80s, um, and that was like the crack epidemic, mm-hmm. um, and um, there wasn't much happening mm-hmm. in, in Newburgh. So if you had like a decent job, you would have to travel down to Manhattan, mm-hmm. um, take the train and, you know, find yeah. work. Yeah. Um, so this meal was very affordable for my family. I am the oldest of six. 
Ooh. Yep. That's um, also why you wanted another phone line. Well, <laughs> right? you know, four, there were four of us in one household and then um, oh, okay. the other two in, a, in another household. So my parents um, were both in the military. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Fort Knox, Kentucky. Oh, wow. Um, my parents were only married for one year and got a divorce, but at least they were, they were married. Yeah. And um, I um, grew up on my mom's side, but okay. there are six of us. So anyway, my mother had to feed, you know, four of us with not much means, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, not that she was a young mom. It was just kind of like she had to do what she do what she could. Yeah. Um, and this was just our go-to meal. Um, hamburger Helper mm-hmm. was another uh, go-to meal. Um, we also love like grits and eggs mm-hmm. um, and bacon for for breakfast. I can't mm. say that word. Oh, it's really bizarre, <laughs> but I can't. So um, you know, the thing is, like, I took this meal all the way through college because it was just something that w- reminded me of like being home mm-hmm. and like feeling safe and. Just affordable and good. Yeah, and it didn't, it never gave you that instinctual, like, you know, I know on Eating While Broke, we call these dishes, like, broke dishes, but you didn't ever feel like, oh, I'm eating this broke dish. You felt like this was like your homely, this was your comfort meal, per se? Yeah, you know, broke is um, a perspective because um, although um, we didn't have much when mm-hmm. we were coming up, it didn't feel like we didn't not have much compared to, you know, our my peers, like, people mm-hmm. in my class, like, you know, they might have new sneakers, you know, whatever, three, three, four times a year. My new sneakers might just come, like, in the beginning of the year for yes. for school. Yeah. So, um, but my grandparents, they taught us to have pride, mm-hmm. you know, to keep our things nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't feel like we were, you know, broke, broke if yeah. you will. It just felt like, like, this is what we have for the time being. And, and broke is a mindset. Yeah. Um. So if you're feeling like, hey, I'm down and out, I don't, I don't have any money, um, and my situation isn't going to change, I think that that is that is the definition of, of broke. It's not just monetary things. So even today, yeah. like I choose to eat this meal, but it is a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. Absolutely. Well, it's definitely a choice because you have black girl sunscreen. And again, this is all relative, right? Yeah. Because is, I, I mean, are we the Musk of the world? Are we the um, um, what's this dude from Meta? Um, Zuckerbergs of mm-hmm. the world, right? Like, it, it, this is all relative mm-hmm. because that money and our money is, we, we're broke. Yeah, yeah. When uh, 100%. Them, I was broke. just on the phone call with someone today and I, no one judged me on this show, but I've been going through my own personal, but I said something like, well, you know, at minimum in LA market, I have to make like at least 150 and the guy stopped me and he was like 150,000 and he started laughing. He was like, you mean 150 million? And I said, Huh. And then I said, no, facts. Like, you're right. Like, why is my my parameter so low? Yo, not even 1% of the population of the United States makes $100,000. Mm-hmm. That's a real stat. That, yeah, that's a real stat. Yeah. Yes. So, again, it, it's all relative. It's relative on where you live, you know, how you spend your money, all of that. Six figures for a person is, is an accomplishment. Yeah, except for in LA, it feels like uh, Be- because this is this is this is <laughs> La La Land, and you have to understand that. And it's it's hard to remain grounded here yeah. because when you drive around and you see twenty G wagons, yeah, and everyone has a Tesla, you're like, oh shit, what am I doing wrong? Am yeah. I doing something wrong, or what am I not doing right? And how do I get that? It's, it's all about your mindset, though. Speaking of mindset, I want to circle back to you at Corporate America. Yep. Uh, you have a graduate degree. I'm going to just assume you're making great money. You're moving up the corporate ladder. You decide you want to exit. What is the reason you wanted to exit? Um, 
I felt like I learned um, a lot from my corporate positions, mm -hmm. and I felt like um, there was nothing more for me to do there. Mm -hmm. So she's adding sugar to the beans. I sure am. We're gonna sweeten it even more <laughs> a lot uh, than it was. And I use white sugar because that's what it was in the eighties, and not brown sugar. It wasn't brown. Sugar. No, it wasn't brown sugar. So at now, all. when you make it, do you use brown sugar? Or do you still use white? Um, I still use white. I okay. use white sugar actually for everything and. Um, people on me like, why are you using? And I did not have a wooden spoon. Also, I would just probably shake it up or use a metal <laughs> spoon. It is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, transitioning out of corporate was a realization of, hey, like I learned some like valuable, um, I had some valuable takeaways from, from that position. Mm -hmm. And it helped me to where I am today in terms of how to run my business, how to establish different departments, how to hire, mm -hmm. how to build corporate culture. So it wasn't that, hey, I have this awesome idea for a product because that, that's just one piece of it. But how do you run, how do you run the business? Yeah. So you were able to get that experience. So it sounds like while you were there, you looked at a, your job as more of a, almost like another form of education. You weren't there just trying to cash a check. You were over there like observing. Yeah, learning, right? absolutely. And wow. um, the space that I was in, you had to be a top performer. And what that meant was you had to perform at a high level on, in all aspects. Mm -hmm. So there was um, different like measurables, mm -hmm. whether it's like customer service or sales or retaining employees, recruiting employees, you know, gaining accounts. So if you were like in the top of kind of your, like your class, then like you would always not advance, but you were doing well. But if you were in the bottom, you your job was in jeopardy of yeah getting termed. Yeah. Um, so it taught me like I was always competitive, yeah, but this is on a different, <laughs> this is on a different level, yeah. right? You're competing against whoever people you don't know yeah. for money, for bragging rights, for promotability. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I just learned a lot from that space. I have nothing bad to say okay. about my corporate experience. Okay. Um, at all. And again, like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those things. Mm -hmm. Now, while I was a corporate, I also um, was enrolled into a PhD program. Okay. Um, so one of my um, goals in life is to, to become a doctor, mm -hmm. a professor, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to transition out of that as well because it was a lot. It was corporate, PhD, and then black girl sunscreen. And so you're working on black girl sunscreen this whole time? Uh, not the whole time, 2015, 16. Yeah. So I transitioned out of the one job mm -hmm. after like whatever, 10 years, moved mm -hmm. to Los Angeles. And then, I mean, your money kind of runs out, of course. doesn't it? Yeah. So I, I didn't work for four months, the best four months of my life. And that's how I came up with the concept of Black Girl Sunscreen, because I had the freedom to let my mind just run wild. Okay. Right? So when people go on vacation from their jobs, it's kind of like, oh, all right, I'm, I have seven days off. Great. Like, yeah disconnect, do whatever you want. Yeah. But guess what? On that eighth day, you're back at work. Yeah. So when you take time off, four months, five months, there is no like, oh shit, I got to go back. Yeah. You just do whatever you do. Yeah. And I've never had that freedom before because I've, I've been so structured. School, school, work. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. up at six, bed 11, 12. Yeah. On repeat. Yeah. Coming to Los Angeles, it was like, la, 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 la. Yeah, yeah. I don't have shit to do today. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to go to Baldwin Hills and, and take a hike. Um, I'm going to walk my dog. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just be aimlessly like, oh, the buildings are pretty. And that's when I was able to like just think of different ideas. I have a lot of ideas always. Mm -hmm. And um, 
my friends would ask me like, hey, we see you out in the sun pretty often. Like, are you protecting your skin? And my my response was like, mm, do, do you see the sunscreens that are on the market and do you see my complexion? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, but you should probably do something about that because you're going to burn. Mm-hmm. And they would say like, oh, let's go to this rooftop party or let's go to the beach. And I'm like, okay, so we need an umbrella mm-hmm. or I need an awning because I'm not getting darker and I don't want to burn. And that's what your friends were saying? They would ask me, put on sunscreen because oh. I have a very diverse group of friends okay. that do wear sunscreen. Yeah. Right. And they're not Smart, all my yeah. complexion. Yeah. And I would be very hesitant, but legit pay $25 for an umbrella because I didn't want to get darker. Mm-hmm. And that was my own insecurity. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a dark-skinned woman. What does that mean to get darker? Mm-hmm. And why don't I want to get darker? Yeah. And that that wasn't beautiful in society yeah. in 2015. No, it wasn't. No, not at all. Yeah. I don't know if one hot dog is enough for you, but... It's fine. you got to cut this up in there, okay? Okay, I can okay. do that. And then we're going to add more sugar because I'm a sugar fanatic. I know. Don't oh, judge I'm a me. sugar. I'm a sugar person, too. So you're you're out there. Your friends are like, hey, you know, you should be wearing sunscreen. And then you're doing all these things to protect your skin, but you're not wearing sunscreen, essentially. Negative. We didn't. So first, first off, black people don't grow up with the word sunscreen in their house. No. Um, with the notion of wearing sunscreen, most don't anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, we have been taught that melanin is built into our skin. Yeah. That melanin is our protector. It's our superpower. So um, why are we taking away our superpower? Mm -hmm. Right? Like that's the feedback today that we would get as a corporation. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? Not so much anymore. Oh, they still say it today. Of course. There's always going to be naysayers. I'm not going to lie. I was that girl that would be like, people be like, do you wear sunscreen? Like, I'm black. What? What? But every once in a while, like my nose would burn. You know, it would be like every other year, hit or miss, I would get a burn. But did it you know? But did you know though. it was sunburn? Uh, when my skin started peeling off, I, I said. So that means it was too late, right? So, yeah. so that's another thing. Yeah. You got you got sunburn. You didn't know it was sunburn. I had no idea. And then your nose started to peel, or whatever part of your body started to peel, and then you're like, "Oh crap, I have I sunburn." Burn. Right. <laughs> and, I had no and, idea it was possible. And that's the disconnect between. Yeah. You know, professionals, industry, mm-hmm. healthcare professionals, mm-hmm. and our population mm-hmm. is that it's not caught until it's too late. Yeah. So that's why there hasn't been marketing or communication to people of color mm-hmm. because it's detected at later stages. Yes. And then I did realize uh, for the first time ever in my life, shout outs to Kidding's wife, Asia. Uh, she owns a uh, smooth skin lounge, and I went to get my first facial. And, you know, I asked. How, what the, was your age? It was like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm no 37. Judgment. I'm 37. There's but, no judgment, yeah. but listen to that. Mm-hmm. You got your first facial. At 37. At 37. 38. 38. Have you been to the dermatologist before? No. Okay. So mm-hmm. this is an issue within our community mm-hmm. that people of color are not going to the dermatologist. Mm-hmm. They're not having annual check-ins in terms of like full body skin, mm-hmm. right? We're not taking care of our skin the same way of our lighter skin counterparts. And this is why Black Girl Sunscreen exists, because we're here to talk about the why, why, whys mm-hmm. instead of the bye, bye, buys. So, like, set aside sun care, yeah. right? Yeah. Think about your skin. 
yeah. exfoliating, moisturizing, toning. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that you need to take care of. You look fantastic, mm-hmm. right? We're not going to give you 37. We're going to we're going to we're going to backwards age you to 27, right? Mm-hmm. Because you do have melanated skin. Mm-hmm. Typically, our skin doesn't wrinkle. It will start to drop before anything. Mm-hmm. But let's say you catch that pre, and you're like, hey, I got my skincare regimen, and then you're adding SPF. Mm-hmm. You're going to be 50, looking like you're 35. Yeah. Well, one of the things I realized at the when I got the facial was the number one recommendation was wear sunscreen every day. Yeah. And I was like, every day? They were like, every day wear sunscreen. And I was shocked. Sugar? Uh, I'll do a little bit more sugar. Just a little bit? Just so I can be like, I can experience you. All right. Well, here's my dish. Here's what it looks like. Sugar topped. Delicious. <laughs> got it? Got it. Now let's try it. It's going to taste like hot dog and beans. Beanies and weenies. You know what? I like it. I didn't even mix the sugar in it. I like the little toasty uh, sugar frosting. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to eat this with a fork or a spoon, but I'm going to do it with a fork. Yeah, I'm doing mine with a fork. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. I love this dish. This dish can't grow old. So that is a turkey mm. hot dog, and I've never had a turkey hot dog ever. Um, and also, turkey was not available in the 80s. So it wasn't like turkey bacon, turkey hot dogs. Oh, it was yeah. not turkey burgers. Mm-hmm. It was none of those things. Like So food has evolved, mm-hmm. just like everything else. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. AT&T Connects, an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. Hello, 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At 38, I'm just now realizing how important sunscreen is, mm-hmm. which is a testament. And I still occasionally make the joke that, hey, I'm black. Uh, what do I need sunscreen for? Uh. So you are facing this dilemma, and, I, and I'm trying to corner you into figuring out you face this dilemma. You realize that the, when do you realize that there's a, a space that needs filling or, or or a problem that needs addressing? When does this epiphany hit? Yeah, after hiking every single day and um, being beat in the head of, hey, wear sunscreen, wear sunscreen. So mm-hmm. just jumped on onto, onto Google mm-hmm. and put in keywords such as you know sunscreen for melanated skin, sunscreen for black girls, sunscreen for brown girls, sunscreen for dark complexions. And came up just underwhelmed. Um, so wow. there was nothing on the market that spoke to me. Of course, there are products that say, hey, sunscreen for all. But like, eh, it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. So then I had to decide if there was something I can do about this white space. Mm-hmm. There, were, If there's something I can do about the information that I just found, that there's lack of information, there's mm-hmm. a lack of product. So I had to determine if I had the resources. hmm if I had the confidence. Mm-hmm. Now, confidence is a big one. Yeah, you, that's a big you one. Ha- you <laughs> have an idea. Mm-hmm. You might even have the resources, but like, are you bold enough to do this and to name it Black Girl Sunscreen? Um, so once I was able to decide and muster up the courage, and I talked to a few people, it's like, like, hey, wh- what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And everyone that just had good spirits and good energy was like, yes, we had a few naysayers even within my circle. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like lightning in a bottle. So you decide, and then at this point, had you gone to a dermatologist? Had you uh, get got facials? I just want to know like, okay, okay. So you were doing this consistently and being asked all the time. Whether you wear sunscreen? No, I wasn't asked to wear sunscreen um, during my first um, dermatologist appointment. So I am older than you. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you would never know. Yeah, you would not. (laughs) You look amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you. Mm -hmm. So my first dermatologist visit was at the age of 25. Okay. And um, it was just more of like, hey, here's how to take care of your skin. SPF was never recommended to me. Wow. It's the lack of education and I think studying of, of brown skin, ethnic yeah. skin, dark skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because especially coming from where I just had a, a, a facial and they're like SPF. Yeah, but but this was yeah, this, this was 
15 years ago. So I just aged yeah. myself, right? 15 but years a, ago. That's amazing. Though. So the conversation has transitioned, mm-hmm. right? Now people have started to incorporate it, uh, incorporate SPF into their language. Mm-hmm. And it's also being received from the community. It's not like, no, I'm not using this. Women are asking about it. Now, I'm... I didn't do a lot of research into this, but I would imagine you're the first to market when it comes to black girl sunscreen targeted, right? Yep. So you're the first to market, which can be very scary because, you know, the question is, is is there a market for this, right? That's mm-hmm. the immediate question you're met with. So how did you discover whether the market was there? I mean, quick math. Um, so deciding who your um, total addressable market, it's called TAM. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can, can do, do that, that by, you know, figuring out the population of the United States, which is 400 million people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, right? Um, 13% of us are black, 14% of us are black, right? Mm-hmm. So that brings us down to about 40 million people, mm-hmm. okay? Black people. Then you say, all right, um, half of those people are women. Mm-hmm. So now we're at 20 million Potential customers. Mm -hmm. How many of those customers do we need to be successful? That's how I determined if this made sense or not to go to market. But now you're also faced with one other question because, yes, you have the market, but the market has been sold a bad bill of goods, right? Because through culturally, we're taught, oh, we're melanin. So now you have this obstacle, right? Yeah. You have to overcome. So what is your thought? You're like, well, we're going to... Obviously, the name was brilliant. But what was your thought? Or not. Or or not. Yeah. What was was your thought process, though, going, okay, we have this huge demo, but this demo has been lied to for years. Even me, myself, you know, you said you went to the dermatologist at 25. They basically, they didn't have the education to, Mm -hmm. to support. So... How, what was your like thought process going in? Like, okay, not not only do we have a product that's viable that has a market, but the market has now been they they've been misinformed. Mm-hmm. So how do you go? How do you do you get what I'm trying to write? Yeah. Like, how do we get over that that obstacle? Um, it's still something that we think about today, and you know, it's all about the why, 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 not the buy, 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 mm-hmm. and to educate and to get to the to the folks that um, are at least open-minded. Mm-hmm. That's who we want to speak to. Not mm-hmm. necessarily people that are like, F sunscreen, I don't need it. Our ancestors never wore it. That's literally our biggest competitor. Literally. Mm-hmm. Our biggest competitor are people that are like, hey, I don't want to wear it. Not other sunscreen brands. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that, um, like, so the number one obstacle is the education of sun safety within black and brown people. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. So we are slowly chipping away. Mm-hmm. However, it has taken more than just Black Girl Sunscreen to continue on with the mission and vision. Mission and vision. We need other brands. We need other advocates to hold hands on. Hey, not just Black people and Brown people, but all people. Because literally, this is a universal problem. It's not just within our community. Yeah, a lot of people don't wear sunscreen. Yeah, because because we're well, it's because we forget. Yeah, we, we forget, forget, and we're also very misinformed. I I would imagine white people don't forget because they, like I said, the peeling and the burns and the red or whatever. But with us, because there's no, there's not as much. I would assume not as much burn, like actual 
skin like be- red, red, redness. Yeah, but they're also we're also overlooking the huge thing of skin cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think the resounding message here is mm-hmm. understanding the journey that you're on, mm-hmm. not taking no's as final answers. Mm-hmm. And we are about five and a half years old mm-hmm. and we've made a lot of traction mm-hmm. um, because we are bold. Mm-hmm. Um, our name is right in your face and, yeah. and that was intentional. I am proud to be a black woman. I am proud um, to be who I am and to represent um, a group of, of people. Mm-hmm. I don't speak for all, but by by no yeah. means. But at least I understand from the consumer perspective of what we could be looking for in a sunscreen product. Yeah. So with that being said, um, we secured um, our first major partnership in 2019. Um, we are the number one selling sunscreen in that retailer. Um, Which retailer we, are you naming? Um, I didn't say the name intentionally. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, I'll leave it out. Go on. But what I can say is that, um, you know, our distribution stems across the United States. So mm-hmm. we're in about 10,000 stores. Mm-hmm. And that's um, accumulation of um, Target, Alta, mm-hmm. um, Walgreens, and CVS. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's major distribution. Yeah, yeah, and, and scaling, and uh, scaling meaning, you know, just starting from a certain number and continuing to climb, mm-hmm. um, which means you need the capital, which means you need the manpower, which means that you need to be organized and um, fulfill your commitments to whoever it is that, you know, you're partnering with. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that I learned very quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, to grow your business from... I know we were talking about capital. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the capital piece of it is... Uh, it's interesting. I, I hate to use the race card and the gender card, but it, but it is a real thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I could never have walked into um, a meeting with an angel investor or a VC fund um, based off of, like, concept in a PowerPoint. Yeah. Whereas, you know, tech and... Other folks can say like, hey, this is my idea. You know, this is a seed round, meaning like, you know, pre-market and get millions of dollars. Black Girl Sunscreen, we had to go in with traction, um, sales numbers. Mm-hmm. But but now you had to get distribution too. So did you get your distribution and your sales numbers first before you actually raised capital? Yes. That's crazy. So um, I started Black Girl Sunscreen with like thirty-three thousand mm-hmm. dollars, thirty-three to fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, something like that. And that was your savings, yeah. I would assume. That was my savings from working in corporate. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was a hard journey, no? Which get, part? Like, because you had to, you used your own capital. Mm-hmm. Then you built the business. You sold. You got your distribution. You got your sales numbers. Then you went and you got the capital. Then there's plenty of businesses where it's the opposite. Hundred percent. And we're still raised, so we're going on our second round now mm-hmm. to raise double-digit capital, mm-hmm. and it's still really hard. Lots of no's. Even with all the distribution and sales. Let me That's tell you. Let me, let, let me tell you something mm-hmm. right now. So the top sunscreen brands are, are like the generic market brands, mm-hmm. right? Like we all know them that are in every store. Black Girl Sunscreen has done an insane job of changing the mindset on sun safety and how it's viewed, and even wearing it on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. So we're coming in with velocity, meaning our sell-through numbers are like, wait, wait, how much do you sell in these stores? Yeah. And yes, people are, they don't believe. And for me, if you don't believe, then that's okay. We don't need to be partners, right? Like, it's like you going out with a a person and they just kind of like you. Like, no, we're, we're, we're cool. 
That's insane. Out of your entire journey with Black Girl Sunscreen for the last five and a half years, what would you say was the hardest feat of your of your entire company? What was like the hardest thing where you were like, I kind of want to quit or I'm crazy? I'm crazy and delusional. No, I don't think I'm crazy nor delusional. Okay. Um, I can't say that out loud anyway. Right. <laughs> well, no, because I know as uh, a business owner, like I always no. feel like, oh, Colleen, you're tripping. Like you're, you know, maybe you're just crazy, you know, or you're delusional if you think you can accomplish this. You've accomplished so many amazing milestones that either you're Kanye West or you had to have that point of maybe this is a crazy like self doubt. Self doubt. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that I was literally put on this planet to make this impact. So um, it is all worth it to me. But there was never a moment that was a little too challenging? Because you're scaling. No. There was no part of the scaling part that was like, eh. No. Um, I think scaling that, scares me. I think that one of my really, um, my best attributes are keeping composure. Mm -hmm. There have been times where I just kind of like want to throw a candle against the wall, whether it's deciding on what partner to bring on. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there are there are bad days. There are really bad, bad, shitty days. But I look at it in, uh, in from a holistic approach. If there's 365 days in the year and um, only five of them are bad, mm -hmm. then this is totally worth it. Yeah. So when, when you ask me like, hey, what's challenging? I would say currently today, is really like retaining talent um, within the company because there's like great resignation of just people just finding out like, hey, this is truly my passion and not being here helping you grow the business mm -hmm. or people pretending they can do something really well mm -hmm. and, and they can't. And it's mm -hmm. just kind of like, oh, you don't find out until, you know, 120, 180 days in. Yeah. Um, but that's really the, the challenges now. I think everything else is just really fun, really fun. We celebrate, you know, um, all the small wins um, to the big wins, but the small ones equal the, the big ones. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that, you know, work-life balance for me is non-existent um, because black girl sunscreen is, is who I am and, and what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm always thinking about different ideas, product innovation, um, marketing. Like I, I don't look at anything without a marketing hat. I just can't. Of course. So when I'm driving, like looking at billboards, bus stops, you know, car wraps, I'm just, I, I look at what people wear in terms of trends, like, mm -hmm. you know, what store should black girl sunscreen be in? It's, it's, that's where my mind is. Mm -hmm. So this is all fun. Yeah. So you, your, is it safe to say that your last vacation was the four months before Black girls on screen? Oh, uh, so I like to do work trips and then a little bit of play okay. on the back end of a work trip. Okay. But I will have my laptop. I'm accessible. Okay. So there is no just like disconnect. Okay. okay. No, we're, we're too popping to yeah. like just be no. like, um, I'm out of here. Yeah. Mm -mm. I love it. Mm -mm. I love it. So where do you see yourself mm, five years from now? And I feel like you've shifted the culture. You've shifted the discussion. So you've already done like an amazing job because people are talking about black BGS, girls on yeah. screen and, and um, using just, it. Just continuing to play on all the P's, press, podcasts, people, right? But within black girls sunscreen, not necessarily in the gritty, the nitty gritty of it all, mm -hmm. in the weeds of it all, but more of like, you know, higher, higher, higher level, if you will. Okay. And then what advice would you give to an entrepreneur? that has a similar background from you? 
What does similar mean? Meaning, I like what I like about you and not knocking any of our other guests, but I like that you come here. You are very educated. You know, you went to school for a lot, a lot, a long, long, long time. And so you have you you're not dropping out of school and selling stuff out the trunk of your car. You have a, a very diverse. But I would have. If if I couldn't um, sell sunscreen on blackgirlsunscreen.com, I would have totally put the sunscreen in my book bag and gone down to South Beach and sold the shit out of my book bag. You have to do what you need to do in order for it to work, mm-hmm. right? It just so happened that, you know, our SEOing on 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 the web was strong. You know, people were writing articles, people were writing reviews, and that's how we got discovered. Mm-hmm. So currently, like it's fun. It feels fantastic that we don't actually have to ask a retailer to be in their store. They're coming to us. But that's because we make so much noise that you you can't avoid us. Yeah. We're also like revitalizing the sun care mm-hmm. um, departments in a couple of these stores because they're just kind of old and crusty. Like mm-hmm. it's the same brands. So we're bringing a different vibe as well as a different consumer. Yeah. Right. Because black people did not go down the sun aisle of any store before yeah. ever. So when you say like, hey, you, you didn't start with selling, um, you know, the product out of your trunk. How I did start was with just Shantae alone, mm-hmm. picking up her first palette of sunscreen, which was 5,000 units, packing it into an SUV. At this time, I lived in Miami in a high rise. I unloaded it. It took 40 bell card trips up and down to my loft apartment. I unloaded it into my second bathroom, into the bathtub, and packed every damn order myself. So, and you you had your website, you built it or you hired it. I didn't someone. build it. That was one thing that I do encourage any person that is starting this mm-hmm. is to probably bring in somebody for web dev. Mm-hmm. That was my forte and Wix.com was not around. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um so in terms of like the hustle, the grittiness, the scrappiness, that I had to have all of that mm-hmm. before I where I am today. I, I do have a team of fifteen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But in two thousand and sixteen, I didn't have the resources. So I had to do everything that I possibly could. I was Black Girl Sunscreen's first model. Did I want to be the model? No, I I didn't. But but I had to. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's not, I'm yeah. not the face of the brand, yeah. right? So when it came to email marketing, like I had to make the emails. Like I had to, I was writing handwritten notes to all the consumers. We had to go away from that because it's just, it's it's high volume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like my hustle may be a little bit different than selling CDs out of a trunk, mm-hmm. but my hustle is is still a hustle. And yeah. I did not start off with being able and fortunate enough to hire a team to go, hey, you know what? Here's a turnkey turnkey solution. I designed the logo. Mm-hmm. I did market research on what colors um, were highly desirable, what symbolized luxury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did the research on, hey, like this is how many people we need to to make to make money. I did the research on, okay, so price points. Yeah. Right. What is a comfortable price point for this type of product where people feel like, OK, like I'm cool with it. Doesn't feel like I'm overspilling. Black Girl Sunscreen is a brand for the other, for the people. Yeah. Right. Like it, it, it's relative, but 
the price is relative in terms of like affordable or not, but we feel like it's affordable. Yeah. So there were a lot of things that Shantae, and I'm speaking in third person because sometimes I don't believe it's my me, but yes, <laughs> Shantae had to do so much yeah. to, to get where I am. I love it. Today. Though. When the Black Lives Matter, when that whole, during the pandemic happened, what did that do for your sales? Okay, so in the beginning of the pandemic, I was in South Africa and uh, we were pitching to um, department stores in, in SA and every single meeting got canceled. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, shit, um, do I come back to the States? Because I heard it was just like pandemonium. Mm-hmm. And in South Africa, it hadn't like hit the same way yet. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed a few days and then I caught a flight back and it was only seven people on my flight from South Africa to the States. Yeah, because you could only fly. You could only fly if you were uh, an American citizen. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, got back, and um, the tone from our um, partner, our retail partner, was, "Hey, you know, um, we're probably not going to be ordering um, too much more from you because." Um, right now, we're uh, essentials are at the forefront. So essentials were, you know, toilet paper, dish mm-hmm. soap, whatever. And we're like, okay, like totally get it. Um, and then we just had to re-strategize. Um, how do we become an essential? And because folks were working from home, um, parents were schooling um, from home, mm-hmm. we said, hey, what about when you go for a walk? Mm-hmm. You, you, you got to lather up. Yeah. If you're sitting by your window, you know, moms, dads that are um, having their kids do recess in the front yard or the backyard, you got to you got to put on your sunscreen. Yeah. So we were able to to survive to survive from from that messaging. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's one aspect of it. And then, of course, BLM brought attention and awareness, not just from black people, but from our lighter skin partners. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, for, for them, it was more about like retaining them, like. How do you keep them yeah. focused on your brand? Because it, it's gone away. It's dissolved. Yeah. Right. And and that's why even so COVID, I don't think, you know, was the was part of the demise of some brands. But even if you got that attention, how do you keep up with those sales? Yeah. So like 2020, you can't even really include that in your balance sheet. It's false. The numbers are false because yeah. it's inflated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All of a sudden, people want to be your ally. They want to be your friends. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to support, but they don't come back. Got it. Got right? It. So you can't really compare your 2020 numbers to 21. Yeah, you got yeah. to do like 21 to like 19. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so Black Lives Matter, the movement, really, really catapulted um, Black Girls Sunscreen in terms of awareness, but we were able to keep it up, thankfully. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And well, it's, you have a great product, yep. and it was just about letting people know about it. I love your background. I love everything you stand for. You worked your butt off to be where you are. And still do, right? And still do. Still do. I love that. And I don't know if the listeners actually heard that pivot there. Like when they said, okay, we're looking for essential. You were like, okay, well, how can we be essential? Like it wasn't like, oh... Well, well, that's I guess that's it. You know, it was like, no, we're going to pivot. We're going to change our marketing approach and and resell. And that that probably comes from also you learning sales from a very young age. So sunscreen is an over-the-counter drug. Mm-hmm. So um, don't know if you know, but you can bring um, a, a six-ounce sunscreen in TSA. I, I'm an I'm a avid traveler. So, um, you know, with our formulations and stuff, you can't just, like, make it at home and put it on the shelves. Like, it has to go through rigorous t- testing. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. So we're we're sold on like hospital websites, mm-hmm. right? Because it is, it it's a preventative measure for 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 cancer, yeah. right? And I'm not talking about that because it's a scary thing. We're not here to scare you to to wear sunscreen mm-hmm. at all. And also melanoma cases are very low within, you know, the black and brown community. Mm-hmm. We talk about, hey, wear it so you don't get sunburned. And then on the cosmetic side, hey, we want to prevent premature aging. Mm-hmm. Women want to maintain their youth. Yeah, that's how I got a facial. Right? (laughs) Premature aging, fine lines, and then hyperpigmentation. And and that's what we're really running with. We try Mm -hmm. to stay away from, hey, you're going to get melanoma and die. Like, we don't don't want to talk about that. Of course. Well, I'm so excited for you to come and feed me. You ate it all. I ate it all. Of course I did. I loved it. I loved it, okay? And I loved it. What would you have made? I think about this all the time. I'm saving it for an episode, but I have been thinking all week. I think my dish would be in cornmeal porridge. That sounds complicated. You know what? I don't know how to make it. I'd have to call my mom, but my mom used to make it. I used to love it when I was a kid, and I'm pretty sure it was broke dish. Yeah. I don't think I've had corn. Oh, cornmeal is like the cornmeal um, porridge. It's like it, it reminds. It's like a grits, but not yeah. grits. It's it's like grits cousin. Mm-hmm. Smoother, mm-hmm. you know. I, I'm not a real big fan of grits. I didn't know about grits. It's today. yellow, right? It's yellow, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could add sugar, and then the sugar has like a little syrupy look on the top. It's bomb, okay. And then you just get that first layer, so you don't burn yourself. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for coming out, Shante, and for all our listeners. If you are trying to get Black Girl sunscreen, where can they get it? How can they reach out? And if you're an investor, you may want to uh, holla. Um, how can they all get? How can people get a hold of you and get a hold of the product? Mm-hmm. A hold of me. So, Shante does do mentoring sessions, um, complimentary, and you would send um, a note to contact at blackgirlsunscreen.com. And the reason why I'm sharing that is because I'm coming up on this journey or in this journey. Um, I didn't have anyone to talk to, ask questions to, um, bounce ideas off of. And um, I allocate, you know, 20 to 30 minutes every Tuesday and Thursday to someone that jumps in the inbox and is like, hey, I'm, uh, I just want to talk to Shantae about whatever. And my assistant what? does oversee that, that scheduling process. Um, but so many folks um, take advantage of it. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just more about like validation if they're on the right track and, um, you know, do they are their ideas good? What what are they if they're what they're doing is good? Um, so that's how you can actually reach me personally. I'm pretty accessible, mm-hmm. um, accessible, excuse me. And then in terms of the product, I mean, we're nationwide, so you can find us in you know one of four stores, which is um, Target, Ulta, uh, Walgreens, and CVS. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, um, blackgirlsunscreen.com. Mm-hmm. And then um, what we really, really value is our specialty retail partners. And those um, folks consist of your like local estheticians, salons, mm-hmm. and other um, dot-coms that speak to um, brown and black women. Awesome. I can't believe you mentor. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm going to be in that inbox real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um that's amazing. You know, I think people s- say things too, mm-hmm. and they're not like about the action, and we're about the action at Black Girl Sunscreen. I like that. I like that. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on Eating While Broke and sharing your 
Franks and beans dish. Beanies and weenies. Beanies and weenies. Hot dogs and beans with sugar. <laughs> All right, peace out. Bye. For more Eating While Broke from iHeartRadio and The Black Effect, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Eating While Broke. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.